haven't paid down any of your debt, right? Which is unlikely. You would probably would pay down some of it, but even if you don't, it's still at 1.6 million, right? You would have made, you know, 2.4 million in equity. What that number actually means, it means different things to different people, but it could mean, you know, getting more of your time back, opening up options to do something else with your time instead of working. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum in this episode, we're back with Justin Zhu, the founder of GG Loans. After having spent 10 years as a psychologist, he made the jump to property investment and has never looked back. He shares the importance of understanding inflation, the real difference between good debt and bad debt and why finding a community can be the best thing you can do for yourself. Zoo's portfolio started with an investment property in Logan in Queensland. At the time, he was also working and doing a psychology internship. So between the three, his schedule was jam-packed. However, he had time for a monumental realization. It was tough work, you know, and you had to, you know, you know, hear about a lot of problems and a lot of, you know, things like, you know, with depression, anxiety and trauma and, you know, homelessness, substance, you know, all sorts of things, right? Um, and then we had to, you know, still do our, you know, like, you know, research and stuff on, on the side. So it was, it, was, it was intense, I gotta say. And then I was like, you know what? I'm like 20, I can't remember, 22, 23, something like that, oh, 24. Um, and I was like, you know, retirement age is what, 65 back then? I think it's now like 68 or it keeps getting high every year, right? And I'm like, mate, like 40 to 50 more years of working, like, and I was like, you know, that, that, that sort of existential sort of moment hit me, right? You know, remember, you know, first 18 years free to play. And then like, I'm like, yeah, like th this pay to play part sucks, you know, like, you know, it absolutely sucks. And um, so I was like, you know, 40, 50 years, I can't, can't really do it. Right. Um, and then I think the reality was talking to people like, you know, you see all the, you know, a lot of my colleagues and they're like, oh, they're not that happy. And they're like, you know, there's no real other op sort of options to get ahead. And so, yeah, so like, like I said, luckily I met Mez, um, who really, you know, taught me some of the basics. And then, so, and then I, you know, started researching and, you know, what's this thing called investing, right? He came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad and took note of its main takeaway. But essentially, you know, what it boils down to, you know, is we want to invest to control our time. Right. At the end of the day, we want it because it's the only resource that's that's truly truly limited, right? Um, and I think um, so. I learned about you know that that sort of concept, and then um, I think uh, the other concept I really learned about was you know about how inflation works and, and how monetary system works, right? Um, basically, you know where um, the value of money decrease well because of how, you know, the fiat mining system works, right? Essentially, the value of a dollar, it doesn't buy the same thing, right? And and we're seeing that right now with, you know, the rates going up and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, I remember my parents back then stressing out about, I think their mortgage was somewhere like 150 to 200,000, right? And they were stressing out about that. And like, this was like, you know, maybe 20 years ago or something like that. But But I think the main thing I was like, you know, you know, you, you see that inflation, you know, debt is also being inflated away. And these days, if I could buy a freaking place for with only a 200000 mortgage, you know, tell me, 
tell me where to sign up. You know, I am told, you know, like you, like in Sydney, you can't even get like a one bedroom studio with that sort of mortgage. You know, it, it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. So I think that, and, and, and so I think that's, you know, essentially what I learned was, you know, property is a hedge, hedge against inflation. Right. And, and, and so that's how I came to that sort of realization. I was like, you know what, let's get into this investing thing. Let's do something that's passive then. And that, that helps. Along his investment journey, he came to many more realizations. I think the most recent one um, in terms of like uh, a horror story you can say um, was, uh, so we had this property, uh, we have this property. It's, um, it's in Waterford West, uh, which is a suburb in Logan, right? In Queensland. And, um, and you know, I bought it and I think we, this was our second investment property, so our third property that we bought. And um, basically we tapped the equity from Z- Zetland and uh, Marston, which was our first investment property, and we got into Waterford West. And then, uh, you know, 2015 to I think, yeah, 2021, smooth, smooth sailing, like in terms of like tenants, really, really good, pay their rent on time and stuff like that. Um, it was always one of the properties that had a lot of repair, like decent amount of repairs. But um, so, so yeah, so that that's a potential downside. But I think most property investors will will, will yeah should know that. And if you're looking to invest in properties, you know that's definitely something to keep in mind. Maintenance requests, like every and the more properties you have, you know, <laughs> like every week's like oh this my property manager's like oh this is broken, the hot water system's gone, or the aircon's not working. Then a week before Christmas, one of his long-term tenants gave him an unexpected present that wasn't on his list. And then um, I noticed like the rent start, stopped coming in, which is odd because they always paid their rent on time. And then um, like a couple of days later, my, my property manager gives me a call and, and, and you know, she was like, you know, uh, you know I'm going to clock off for Christmas. So just wanting to you know, um, you know, wish you a Merry Christmas and stuff like that, right? And then, and, and then, and then I was like, I got a Christmas present for you. I'm like, oh, well, you know, what, what is it? All right. And, and she was like, well, you know, what if it was? I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And, um, you know, spider senses were tinkling. She's like, well, the tenants kind of uh, gone and done a runner. I was like, what, what do you mean they've done a runner? You know, they've been paying rent all this time and stuff like that. And, and she's like, yeah, like they've literally cleaned out their whole place, vacated the premises, right? And didn't tell anyone. <laughs> so no one knew. <laughs> like, like it was like they just disappeared, right? And then so, uh, so I was like, oh, so that would explain why the rent hasn't been coming in. And then, and then she's like, yeah. And I'm like, so, um, so, so that was the first part of the horror story, right? And then, and then so the second part was like, you know, um, uh, you know, there was, there was a bit of damage. I don't think it was intentional, but, you know, maybe they were moving out in a hurry. Um, I still don't know why. They, like, if you're listening to this, tell me why you moved out in a hurry. You know, I really want to know, like, what was so urgent that you literally disappeared overnight? Right? Um, one of life's biggest unsolved mysteries. His next Christmas present to arrive was the bill, which was for $20,000 worth of damages. Because we got to shop for our presents for our friends and family, right? I'm like, well, our, our budget just went down by 20 grand. You know? <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was, and, oh, and, and the icing on the cake. Um, and I think, you know, any listener that's out there right now, make sure you have a good um, property insurance, right? I, I didn't at that time. 
I, I had insurance for, uh, you know, for, for a bank, for the lender that I was with. I'm not going to name them, right? Um, but it was one of the big fours, right? And then, um, yeah, so we, we, we got the insurance for that. And, you know, we, so I thought I was good. I was saying, you know, rental damage and loss of rent and stuff. That was all covered in the policy, right? But because we haven't reviewed our rent, uh, like in the, pol- in the insurance policy, I didn't update the rent as it went up over time. So we were still bloody insured for like, it was like the, the, the amount when we first signed up the tenant, which was like like a hundred bucks less or something, right? So so then I, so th- there was that. And then this insurance company was like just the worst, like literally the worst. Every time I'll get in touch with them, you know, you get this auto email that they'll reply in like 10 business days, right? So every communication was 10 business days in between. By the time I got the rent back, it took me six months to cut a long story short six months to get that rent back that that, that was missing in that time uh, so it was yeah uh, I, we were out of pocket no rent was coming in we had a 20 grand expense and yeah it, it was a bit of a shocker bit of a shocker there was a lot of back and forth with the insurance company over the twenty thousand dollar bill in the end his insurance covered most of it but zoo paid for their renovations out of his own pocket because at one point i was like am i ever, ever going to get paid for this yeah um so yeah i think the biggest lesson i learned was you know make sure you have a buffer uh, and the more properties that you have you know you gotta you know uh, make sure that that's covered and make sure you have a good uh, in you know insurance company and, and these days you know um i found a good one and I did a claim like, you know, last year and it took me one month to get everything resolved and it was super easy, super easy. So um, definitely get an insurance company that like, you know, that specializes for property investors. That That's my advice. His biggest aha moments were when he learned about the differences between good and bad debt and how leverage works. I think if you understand these two sort of concepts, right? Um, as, as if you're starting out or you, you know, you know, thinking about investing, I think those two things are, are, are very, uh, you know, golden, right? Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, good debt is basically a debt leveraged against an asset that's giving you some sort of return, right? And, you know, we're on a property podcast, so I'm going to talk about mainly about property here. Um, but I think I'm um, going back to, you know, when I met Mez and, you know, this is the example that I, uh, that, that she gave me. And, and to this day, you know, this is what I explained to um, our investor clients, right? Let's say, you know, um, you know, as, as, you know, as, as an example, you have, you know, 2 million worth of um, assets, right? And you have, you know, a 1.6 million, uh, you know, worth of loans secured against those assets, right? So about 80%. Right. Um, essentially, um, in property, uh, what tends to happen is about every seven to ten years, right? Um, it's what we call a property cycle, and in that in that sort of time frame, if you look back at the data over the last you know fifty years or so, uh, property tends to double, right? Uh, Sydney is a good example of that. Uh, Brisbane, in the last you know couple of years, has done that, and now I think Perth is like going through that sort of phase, right? Um, but basically, yeah, two million assets, one point six million debt. After one cycle, right? That's about, you know, 4 million in assets. And if you, you know, haven't paid down any of your debt, right, which is unlikely, you would probably would pay down some of it. But if you don't, it's still at 1.6 million, right? You would have made, you know, 2.4 million in equity, right? And, and, and that, what that number actually means, it means different things to different people, but it could mean, you know, getting more of your time back, opening up options to do something else with your time instead of working, you know, it, it's like endless possibilities, right? And, and the math behind it is actually very, very um, straightforward. 
he eventually came to the conclusion that many investors do. It's mainly around leveraging debt um, to you know work for your your goals, right? And I remember um, uh, when I was you know just starting out, I was on like yeah sixty five grand or something like that, and uh, I think my wife was you know slightly higher at that point. But um, you know our total income would have been like you know one forty maybe a bit less than that. Uh, so it wasn't like a lot. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't a lot either. All right. Um, but I'll, I remember setting a goal like you know I really want to have a hundred thousand in passive income. All right. And then, so all I did was, you know, you know, all you had to do is you work backwards from that. You know, if you get two million of assets unencumbered, returning five percent, there's your hundred grand. And it was once you work that out, it's like okay, then it's more about just how do you get there along the way there. Ten years after his initial aha moment, he found himself on the front page of news.com.au. However, Zoo remains as humble as ever. Obviously, we're pleased with ourselves, but. But I don't think it was that big of a story. It's an okay story, but I think there's so many people out there doing, you know, like really amazing things, right? Um, and all other investors who, you know, uh, you know, a couple I know who have done even like much, much better than I, right? And I'm like, wait, why are we on the front page of News.com, right? So, but I think that really cemented it, you know, that it was very surreal and it shows like, you know, how I think the main message I want to send is like, you know, if you set a goal and you, and you dream big, right? go for it, you know, and, and you make the actions to, to that's attached with that goal, that, that's how you ended up getting there. Just like, you know, how I saw my colleague with the six properties, I was like, this is possible, you know, like you don't have to earn a crazy amount. Yeah, you know, and certainly, I mean, if you do, that helps, right? But I think, you know, the main thing comes down to that sort of mindset, um, you know, of, of, you know, believing in yourself and believing you can do it. If, if I had to tie it down into like a like, like a sort of um, saying or slogan, right? It's really about, you know, learning from your past, right? Living in the present and investing for your future. Coming up after the break, he delves into how and where he found his first community. I don't know about you, but when I was, um, was first starting to look into investing and, and, and building that portfolio, you know, I looked around at me and none of my friends, you know, um, were into property, none that I knew of. Why it doesn't always pay to read the comments. I think it really demonstrates, yeah, that sort of mindset. He shares the plans he has for the future, both personally and professionally. And I mean, look, could do that right now, you know, just dump everything, you know, sell everything and, you know, sail off into the sunset. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. With six properties in his portfolio, Zhu has blown past his initial goal. I think initial goal was to get two million un, un, unencumbered. So um, the goal was always to you know get to that sort of two mil sort of mark, hold it for a cycle, and then that becomes four mil. You know, sell down, blah blah blah, right? Um, but I think right now we're at I think um, the latest bank round of bank valuations we did was about put us at about five point two mil. Um, so I think yeah we're, we're ahead of that sort of curve. So um, so I think in terms of you know, do we want to keep buying? Yeah, I mean, if a really, really great deal comes up, and you know, um, you know, we, we've hit a bit of an income servicing wall ourselves. So, um, but once that, you know, once we get past that wall, I think, you know, we we, we possibly could. Um, but I think our energy, my energy especially, is very much focused on the mortgage broking side right now, growing that as a business and being able to help, um, you know, our, our clients, you know, get to their goals. Um, just like as a psychologist, I was helping people, you know you know, get from here to there, 
it it's the same sort of process and I really take a lot of enjoyment especially for for those uh, clients who are a bit more like newer to it or have one or two properties right I think that's you know I, I think I, I love doing that sort of work. When it comes to mentors, he doesn't restrict himself to just one or two. Well, maybe one or 200. There's different resources around property and around mindset and things like that. So I think with the property side, I think the biggest help for me was finding a community, right? Um, I don't know about you, but when I was was first starting to look into investing and and, and building that portfolio, you know, I looked around at me and none of my friends, you know, um, were into property, none that I knew of. so, you know, I found, I ended up finding this community as I was doing my research um, called Summersoft. And, um, or back then it was known as Summersoft and today it's known as Property Chat, right? It's an, I'm sure it's been mentioned on, on, on some of the podcasts here as well. Um, but, you know, it's a great group of people around you. And, you know, I think why that works is, you know, um, it's, it's a principle, you are the average of the, you know, five people that you spend the most amount of time with. Okay, and so if you're surrounded by a like-minded community, and and you know you're gonna be able to learn from them, right? And I remember going to property chat meetups and things like that, right? Uh, driving out to I think it was Western Sydney somewhere um, out there, and it was amazing. And then I remember going to those um, meetings, and I'll, you know they were like, "Oh, how many properties do you have?" I'm like, uh, "One, <laughs> the one I live in." <laughs> and then they're like, "You know, how many do you have?" And they're like, "You know, people are throwing out all these sort of numbers." I'm like wow this is crazy you know and then but yeah everyone's super nice and super friendly and they you know it's so crazy like this community like people just love to help right like it's not not no one's trying to sell you anything like everyone's just trying to help right um and and you know contrast that to now i'm still going to some property chat meetups like went to one recently in chatswood and then uh, one in the city and then like i think now i'm on you know, i'm that person like talking to some of the newer ones and they're like oh how many properties do you have oh you know six properties and stuff like that oh wow i'm like yeah yeah but it's you know it's i think when you're there it's not that big of a deal he can relate it to psychology terms such as validated meaning that your feelings are recognized and normalized Oh, how hard is this property? And talking to another investor, like, yeah, this is tough, but it's normal, right? Like, you missed out on these all these deals. There'll be other ones that come along. You know, hearing that, I think having community that can help you with that, absolutely amazing. Um, so definitely check Property Chat out um, for, for for all the listeners out there. Um, I think the second uh, probably biggest resource is was my own broker, right? Um, so you know, he taught me the strategies, and you know, at first when I went in, I was like, you know. I could probably maybe borrow for one or two more properties, you know, in my mind. So I was like, you know, that that that's the sort of thing, you know, because you, you don't know what you don't know, essentially. And then, um, you know, having, you know, he, he was he was an investor himself and he focused a lot on, you know, property investors. So, and, and that, that's how we actually ended up connecting. Um, and, you know, so he, I remember doing that first call with him and he was able to map out our property journey to something like 10 maybe even more properties, right? Um, so I was like, what is this guy like? Hi, <laughs> you know, what, what, what's he on? Because <laughs> yeah. um, back then I wasn't a broker, so I didn't understand like, you know, the strategies and lending strategies that you can use, right? And so I think find yourself a broker, you know, it doesn't have to be me, but find yourself a broker that, uh, that you know, truly has your best interest in heart and knows, knows the deal. And, you know, going back to your example, Tyrone, if you were to get, you know, someone to teach your kids to play basketball, right? I think one of the big criteria is that they would have 
played basketball or are still playing basketball, right? <laughs> right? You, you don't want someone, you know, doing lawn bowls, coaching your kids how to play basketball. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that, but it just probably wouldn't make that much sense, right? Um, so I think, you know, having a broker that invests, I think that that makes a huge, huge difference. You know, someone who walks the talk. He believes it all boils down to mindset, what you believe and what you think is possible and not possible. That's where I think a lot of people get stuck as well, like the finance side certainly, right? Um, but the other side is, yeah, like, you know, your, your mindset. I think um, and I think as a psychologist as well, you know, I think uh, you see that all the time, you know, mindset is a can be a huge and, and you know, you're married to a psychologist, I'm sure you probably know about these principles, but, you know, um, h- how you see things and, and your perspective on things uh, really determine your, your sort of reality, right? And, and it's incredibly powerful. Yeah. If you were to meet yourself, say, 10 years ago, what do you think you would have actually said to him now? I would say, yeah, probably, um, you know, dream bigger, right? Um, you know, think big, dream bigger, basically, right? Um, because I think when you're first starting out, you know, you're kind of like tiptoeing <laughs> your feet in the water. And, and I think it's hard to say that without hindsight, I think, uh, yeah, you know, but I think, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, you got to be flexible with your mindset, right? You got to be able to, um, you know, as Bruce Lee said, be like water, right? Because oftentimes if you have a very rigid sort of mindset, you're only going to see the world in, in, in a certain angle, right? And you're going to miss out on all these other sort of potential perspectives, right? And I think, you know, you, you see this, like, you know, if you go to, like, any of those news articles or Facebook articles about someone who's done well, you look in the comment section, right? And I guarantee you, like, you know, a, a whole bunch of them was, like, you know, would say, like, this is not possible, you know, it's not doable, like, or, like, if they did it, they, they cheated or they, you know, all that sort of commentary, right? I think it really demonstrates, yeah, that sort of mindset. And, and certainly, look, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for, for thinking in that way, right? Um, because, you know, it's, it's much easier to stick with what you believe in. It's much more comfortable internally, right? Um, but, you know, for the people who are, you know, maybe sitting on the fence and things like that, I think the way to address that sort of a mindset is, you know, just be curious, right? Around, you know, when, when, when you're listening to podcasts, when you're talking to people and stuff like that, if the, if the viewpoint is not the same as your own, be curious, you know, don't get defensive, you know, you know? Um, be curious, you know, don't let your amygdala activate, you know, be, be, be curious and just kind of really um, uh, find out what the evidence is, right? And that's how, you know, kind of like you know, how we all got into investing. You look at the data, you talk to people and you're like, actually, this is possible. It's not what I'm used to, right? Uh, who, you know, taking all this debt, like we have like what, like because I think three million debt or something like that, right? Like it's crazy, right? So you, you can't jump into that, but you got to slowly turn your mind and learn and educate yourself. And, and I think mindset is huge. Like I think the biggest quote I can say, right, is the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. That's it. What are you most excited about in your journey in the, say, the next uh, five years? I think, um, first of all, I, I mean, being able to um, use some of the options that property investing has helped me, I think that that's, um, you know, and, and right now that's like investing my time, um, you know, in the mortgage broking uh, business and, and helping our clients and, and teaching them and educating them about, you know, how to use leverage, how to use your finance strategies, um, you know, 
how to use the numbers and people, you know, those sorts of things. I'm really excited. And every time, uh, because I'm still, you know, about a year into this, you know, I'm still, um, uh, you know, have that huge sort of spark when I talk to clients, right? Um, and getting them, you know, teaching them about these things that kind of like, oh, you didn't think that was possible, you know? Um, so I think I'm really much looking forward to continuing doing that. Um, I think I'm also looking forward to, you know, I think in the five-year sort of period, you know, having more time and building my team up so that, you know, I'll have more time to spend with my own family. Um, you know, that, that's a sort of, you know, huge sort of uh, motivation for me. Um, and, I mean, look, could do that right now, you know, just dump everything, you know, sell everything and, you know, sail off into the sunset, you know. Um, but I, I think there's, you know, I'm still quite young, I think, well, not young, but I'm in this awkward sort of, you know, I'm 36 years old, so I'm sort of in this in-between sort of phase, you can say. Um, so I think, you know, if, if I was to quit, I was like, you know, what am I going to do? You know, <laughs> all my friends are still working. <laughs> um, and um, so, yeah, so I think lots of things to look forward to. Um, and and definitely, I think, yeah, property investing and, and, and helping our clients is going to be one of those huge things. Well, Justin, thank you so much for sharing your wonderful story. I want to ask you with one final question is how much of your success that you've achieved is due to your intelligence, skill, hard work and uh, I guess how much of it do you think has been due to luck? I think um, it's a very good question because, you know, I, I, I think there's a, there's a lot behind that question, you know. I think there's, I think luck certainly plays a larger part than, you know, most people probably realize, right? Um, there's a very good book called The Psychology of Money. Um, the guy talks about what's the difference, right, between uh, skill, intelligence, and and good and luck, and I think a lot of it comes down to you know luck determines a lot of our timing, our connections, and circumstances, right? So there's certainly an element of that, um, but I think also you, you can kind of make your luck as well. And like um, analogy would be like you know, do you play poker or have you played poker, Torin? I have played poker, but not recently. So, but you know how the game works, right? Yeah. And often, you know, people who first get into it, it's, it, you know, it's a game of luck. It's like gambling, right? Yeah. Um, in poker, like we call it variance, that, that sort of, you know, um, luck component, right? But when we look at, you know, the all-time money list, right, um, and of tournament players and cash players, right, you see this very common pattern of names that keep popping up of poker players, like Phil Ivey, Tom Dwan, Daniel Negrano, and so on, right? And so if the luck is all, uh, so the game is all luck-based, right? are these guys just luckier than everyone else all the time, right? Because if not, yeah, how are these guys getting such good results consistently in a game that's luck-based, right? And it's the same with property investing. I think, you know, you, you got to, you know, set your goals. You got to, you know, don't rush in, right? But I think it's also important you got to do your numbers, right? Know the numbers really well and, you know, know the areas really well. And I think that takes a lot of the luck out of it, right? Um, you know, knowing your time in the market and timing the market, knowing those differences, huge, right? Um, so I think, yeah, look at what's inside your control and, and set a goal and dream big, go for it. Thank you to Justin Zhu, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.